Welcome to the Marketing Made Inclusive podcast. I am your host, Joanne Boyce. On this podcast, we're going to discuss all things inclusive marketing, from persona creation, campaigns, and even some of the mishaps we see in the media. Tune in and let me know your thoughts on how we can make inclusive marketing the industry standard. Hi, hi everyone. Welcome and welcome back to the Marketing Made Inclusive podcast. I am your host, Joanne Boyce. Um, it's been a minute. It's been a little while. Things have been moving in the space of AI beautifully, chaotically. Um, that is the space I operate within the marketing world. So I took a tiny bit of a pause from the podcast, but also took some time to think about what I want for this podcast, what I want to be able to one make sure that I can do it consistently because that's something I always want to commit to and what will add to the the space of inclusive marketing so yes we are back we are back with a lot more intention in regards to what we're going to do this is not saying that what we've done or the guests we've had has been um nothing but amazing amazing guests the conversations have been amazing it was just on my end I felt like I was having all these amazing conversations but still not answering the main questions that the majority of people I was meeting day to day had about inclusive marketing so myself and the team we kind of sat and thought about what exactly we want the podcast to be what is manageable for us internally um it's a small run operation here. Got big goals and big ambitions, but it is a small operation. Um, yeah, I've said um a lot and I really don't like saying um. <laughs> However, it is, as of recording this, it's June, which is in the marketeer's calendar, depending on region and company values and so forth. It's normally the month where the companies changed their logos to the pride flag. Um, which version of the pride flag? You got, it's kind of how I tell now. If they have the most current one, the one that includes black and brown individuals and indigenous individuals, I'm like, okay, they're a little bit more up to date. But anywho, companies change their logo. They start doing pride events. They start committing to various things to celebrate, I would say, the LGBTQIA plus community. However, I, you all know me by now, I can be quite cynical in wanting inclusivity and representation. There's some things that just are okay to not do. So some companies, you know, it's okay to not change your logo if you don't mean it, if you aren't committed to it. However, there's another part of me that is thinking about my theory around spotlight, saturation, and normalization. For those who haven't heard me talk about this before, essentially, I think a lot of things in society and a lot of things within the inclusive marketing space, particularly, go through a phase of spotlight, where with pride, I would say, at once upon a time, it was really radical for a brand to change their company logo to the pride flag. It was really radical for a brand to say that they're supporting LGBT rights. 
it was really radical for there to be any pride related product in a store or on sale or just anywhere and I feel like over the recent well recent years I would say over the past five maybe six years I feel that the celebration of pride from a marketing and a corporate aspect has stepped into the saturation phase um where it's just everywhere and it's lost some of its some it's lost a lot of its original meaning but it's everywhere and these have benefits for making the movement more known and more aware however they have negative aspects because it's losing that meaning that understanding and some companies are committing to celebrate I don't know if I'd say celebrate are committing to the marketing of pride without the authenticity of following the values I want to stay in the marketing lane the company values is is, should match the marketing but sometimes it doesn't so now that we're in a phase where the marketing team would probably change the logo put out a campaign run an influencer campaign or something reach out to lgbt creators they do all the things meanwhile the company is doing almost everything opposite to that i feel like now it's in the saturation phase and there's a potential for i think over the next couple of years for it to slip into normalization where it's just expected it's expected that once june comes around it's expected that companies will do these things. It's expected that companies will change their logo. It's expected it becomes normal. But that has diluted it and diluted the intention behind it a lot. Actually, before I go into negatives, let's talk about the positive. The positives is the product and the content and for individuals who are part of the LGBTQIA community, now is the time to shop. Now, again, I'm doing the positive. We're not talking about ethics of these brands. But now is the time to shop. Now is the time to get anything you desire in rainbow format. And five, six years ago, that wasn't the case. I think I saw on TikTok, someone had a full rainbow suit. Um... I've seen rainbow, um, LGBT pride, baby clothes. I've seen any type of product you can think of. (laughs) They have found a way to make it part of pride and make it part of the, the rainbow. Which I'm laughing, but it's also kind of capitalism and marketing and product placement and all that at its finest, you know? Just, um... But that now leads to a sense of normalization where, okay, we've we've done it. We've painted everything rainbow from the 1st of June to the ooh, 30th of June. I forgot well, how many days were in June. What is the next phase? What is the next thing to make this deeper? Because it won't stay this way forever. And I was trying to explain this to the team. And the only example of the comparison I could think of was with um, women rights whenever. Once upon a time, it used to be radical for women to wear trousers in certain countries. It used to be radical. It used to be like, oh my goodness, there's a campaign and a woman is wearing trousers um, or pants, wherever you're listening to this. And eventually it became okay 
that's what a businesswoman does. A businesswoman, it became branded as this thing that a certain type of woman wears pants. And now it's become so normalized that I don't think anyone would bat an eye at seeing a campaign of a woman in trousers or pants. Like, you'd probably laugh if anyone even pointed it out. And then the next phase of that is is making, I say we're in now, making gender neutral clothing where it is not labeled as feminine or masculine, it's just clothing people can wear. So that's the next level of making things deeper. Um, and marketing has its part to play in that. Marketing has its role to play in that movement. And I'm wondering now with LGBTQIA plus rights and representation and how that's reflected in marketing, what is... What is the next phase? What is the next phase for brands now that they've committed to June and committed to that month? How are they going to take it deeper? There's aspects in terms of truly supporting the movement, you know, committing to changing policies, committing to give um, equal rights to all variation of parents, committing to that. There's internal things companies can do. But I'm questioning now, what are the things the marketing teams are going to do? And it's funny, I get these questions, but I really want to pose the question to our listeners and to the individuals who listen to the podcast, because I do feel that if you tune into this podcast and the type of content that we create, you're already thinking about inclusive marketing in a way. You already have a mindset that is of change and of curiosity and of wanting to make the marketing sector, the advertising sector, diverse and really reflect society, wanting to create campaigns that connect with as many people that are interested in your product as possible. So what's next for Pride? What would the marketing campaign for Pride Month in 2030 look like? Will it even be a month? My kind of projections is one of two ways. We go one way, we go back to the spotlight and companies start committing now to a letter (laughs) rather than just the whole flag and committing to campaigns that represent intersections. And when I say a letter, I mean LGBTQIA+, each of those letters stands for something Um, and within each of those like if we look at lesbians the representation of lesbians in marketing campaigns tend to fit a certain stereotype is it now that brands go back to the spotlight phase and start thinking okay how can we represent pick an organization Joanne Um, let's let's say apple Apple is showing us how to use their new product in the home and how it is, you know, a family-friendly product. And they are starting to think, how can they represent families in a new way, focusing on lesbian couples? And start to think deeper about what that persona looks like. Can they represent a queer, disabled, dark-skinned lesbian couple that doesn't fit the conventional stereotypes you know where one is femme and one is masculine presenting and you know you know the tropes I don't need to break it down um so that's one avenue 
brands come back to the spotlight phase and they focus in on a letter and they pick that letter and they go ham on that campaign. The other phase is it's no longer a marketing month that a marketing team just has their own time of the month where they're like, yeah, so we're going to celebrate. I think there are certain times of the month that will never go away. So for Mother's Day, we're going to celebrate all the lesbian mums. And yeah, that's what we're going to do. We're not going to do it in June. We're just going to do it whenever. Or, you know, we're going to celebrate trans women, trans men, just on a random October and just, you know, have it there. Um, I caveat that second route with, I don't think every brand can do that without going through the original steps of, you know, warming up their current audience to let them know that that brand is aware of aware (laughs) that brand supports or will celebrate or I don't even know what phrasing I want to use but I do think there's a phase that brands that have been established for a long period of time need to go through before they can dive into LGBT any day of the year you know um and even dive into intersectional LGBT because a lot of the times especially with some clients in the past when I've looked at their campaign content and we've done audits for them, the majority of their representation of campaigns or or same-sex families is white gay men. Um, And that's probably as deep as it goes in, in regards to, ooh, we've done something here. I'm curious to know, I'm curious to know your thoughts. I'm curious to know In 2030, do you think Pride Month will be still a month for marketeers? I'm not taking it away in terms of what the the actual month stands for. I do think that will continue and people will continue to push and, and demand. Hopefully by 2030, you don't have to demand for basic equal rights. But... I do think that as a, a month for the community itself will remain. But I'm talking about in the marketeer's calendar, in the current format that it is, where it's somewhat checkboxy, somewhat, you know, on the 1st of July, you change everything back and pretend like it didn't happen. What would that look like in 2030? So yes, feel free to tweet me. I am at Joanne Boyce on all social platforms. That is J-O-Y-A-N-N-B-O-I-C. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts on what Pride Month will look like in the marketer's calendar in 2030. Um, as I said at the start, we're rebalancing and reshifting and reorganizing and strategizing with the podcast. Um, so hopefully you enjoy the new format of how things are going to be rolling out. And we've got lots of interesting content planned. But thank you so much for listening to the Marketing Made Inclusive podcast. I will speak to you soon.